CKID is a YouTube creator who caught my eye in the back half of last year. He really has an original and interesting take on technology reviews, and you're going to hear all about it in our next entry into the reviewer's notebook. It's the Benefit of a Doubt podcast. Welcome to the Benefit of a Dowd podcast. I'm your host, Adam Dowd, and this week I sat down to talk with a really unique creator in the technology space. Devin, aka CKID, has been making videos since 2016, but he only recently came to my attention by way of a Waymo video featuring the self driving taxis in Phoenix. We'll talk about this unique approach to tech, but first, let's dive into the news of the week. Before we get started with the news, I wanted to take a moment to point out that our theme music for this podcast is an edited version of the song Rock Thing by the band Creo. It's an outstanding song, and it's probably 50% of my initial inspiration to start this podcast in the first place. I love, love, love our theme music. And if you want to hear the whole song, go to benefitofadow.com and click on the BOTD thanks link. You'll find the music in there, and I thank you, and you're welcome. Google and Sony each respectively postponed their events planned for this week due to protests surrounding the death of George Floyd. This is significant for several reasons, and it's the first time that I can remember a tech event, and a virtual tech event for that matter, being delayed due to civil unrest, and like I said so many times last week, that's not nothing. And just like last week, I'm steering clear of the political ramifications of what's been happening for the past several days. I understand why protesters are angry, and I understand why others are angry with them. I'm just trying to keep an open mind about all of this, and as much as I want to use my platform to pass along the right message, I'm going to defer to our guest from last week, Daniel Bader, who wrote an editor's desk piece about the protest, and that link is in the show notes. Vivo, or Vivo, or however I decide to pronounce it this week, announced the X50 Pro series of smartphones, which will feature the gimbal camera that we talked about a few episodes ago. That gimbal carries a Samsung 50 megapixel 1 over 1.3 inch isocell camera sensor. The Pro Plus model also features a periscope zoom lens and carries a Snapdragon 865 chip, which means it also has Qualcomm's 5G modem because Qualcomm's got a Qualcomm. Vivo also claims that this phone, at 7.49 millimeters thick, is the thinnest 5G phone on the market, which really isn't a thing, but you know, I guess they're trying to make it a thing. Aside from the 120Hz display, no other specifications were announced, but you can probably guess 8 plus gigabytes of RAM, 128 plus gigabytes of storage, 4000 plus milliamp hour battery. We're going to have to wait for official reviews, but this phone will probably also never see US shores, so... Whatever, you know? The gimbal camera is pretty cool, though. Theoretically. Google announced a new set of feature drops coming to Pixel phones, one of which is designed to help you feel more safe when you're out by yourself. Safety Check allows you to set a time interval when you have to check in on your phone saying that you're okay. Alternatively, you can share your location and or call your emergency contacts or dial 911. If you do not respond, and this feature takes over your whole screen so you really can't do anything but respond, but if you don't, it can automatically call your emergency contact and share your location. It cannot auto-dial 911 in order to prevent false positives, and that's a good idea. 
The feature drops will also help you go to sleep by setting a bedtime and then alerting you to which apps and how much time you're spending on those apps after your bedtime. Like, hey, I spent an extra five hours this week on Netflix. Whose coffee is this? Why is it in my hand? Other features include better adaptive battery and auto-transcribing voice notes to Google Docs. It all kind of makes me want a pixel, if I'm totally honest. Bad news for porn surfers, incognito mode may not be as incognito as you thought. Google might still be able to track you and save data when you're in incognito mode. Or at least there's a lawsuit that claims that. It seems that Google's collecting data even from incognito users may violate wiretapping laws, which seems, I don't know, kind of ironic. According to the suit, Google has been intentionally misleading customers by collecting data no matter what safeguards the user puts in place. The suit seeks up to $5 billion with a B dollars in damages, or up to $5,000 per affected user, and yes, I use incognito mode, so <laughs> where do I sign up? Of course, everyone knows when you go into incognito mode, you then need to go to Bing to search for porn to stay safe. We all know that, right? Right? Well, anyway, Google is defending itself, saying that it warns users that certain information from the session might still be trackable, and I think I remember seeing something like that before clicking OK or Dismiss or whatever got the box out of the way of the porn. There's no link to sign up for the suit yet, so stay tuned on that front, and in the meantime, remember, first incognito, then bing. You know, if that's your thing. If you look up indifference in the thesaurus, you'll find disregard, lack of interest, apathy, and password. Not literally, but you may as well. Because a study found that only about one-third of people bothered to change their password on a website who reported a data breach to its subscribers. Now, granted, this is a fairly small study of about 200 or so people, so take that for what you will, but I for one am not surprised in the slightest. Passwords are like most other habits, incredibly hard to break, even when they're bad for you. I use a password manager as often as possible, but for many of the sites I visit on the regular, I set up those passwords before I even got a password manager. Oh, I know, I could change the password and generate a new one, but hello, have you not heard what I've said? Long story short, people are lazy with their passwords, almost always to their detriment. I can rest on my laurels, because at least my passwords have non-alphabetic characters and upper and lowercase letters, but it's still honestly pretty lazy. And by the way, if anyone learns my passwords, I am totally screwed, because I've been using them for literal decades. If you read Tesla's marketing material, which is to say, Elon Musk's Twitter feed, you'll know that Tesla cars can totally drive themselves, which is totally true. They can totally drive themselves into totally overturned trucks, as one Tesla owner learned the hard and fast way, because they can't drive themselves. Honestly, there's not much of a story here. No one was hurt, thank God. But it's really just another opportunity to emphasize that Teslas cannot drive themselves and probably shouldn't have a feature called autopilot to begin with. I've used self-correcting mechanisms on cars, and frankly, they're kind of cool. When I was driving from New Orleans to Chicago last summer, I kind of wondered if I'd had a heart attack, how far would the car actually drive me before something bad happened? Because it probably would have been miles and miles and miles and miles. But that's no substitute for the human mind and reflexes. Unless you're in a Waymo, which was designed literally from the ground up to be autonomous, just don't try. 
The cast of Lord of the Rings met in a broadcast Zoom meeting for charity supporting COVID-19 relief. The meeting was 187 hours long and it was all CGI. If you receive a wallpaper from someone that prompts you to install it and it looks like a scenic lake in front of a mountain range with an orange and cloudy sky, don't set that as your wallpaper because your phone will crash and eventually die and the only thing you'll be able to do to recover it is a factory reset. There's a bug that goes back several versions of Android that doesn't interpret this image correctly and causes Android to kind of freak out a little bit. It turns out that the bug is probably not in Android 11, which is great, except Android 11 isn't out yet. But still, better not set the image as your wallpaper. The reasons why it causes Android to crash are technical and complicated, and if there's anything I don't do well, it's technical and complicated, so I really don't understand it, but Android Authority has an article in the show notes that breaks it all down for you. And folks, by the way, if anyone ever sends you anything and asks you to do a thing, It's generally a good idea to ask why before you do the thing. Just trust me on this. It got me through college. You know how when you search for something on Google, often a box will pop up at the top of the search results with some kind of text telling you exactly what you want to know? I'll give you an example. You type, what is FTF in geocaching? And Google pops up a box saying the answer is MGB Music. That's a super, 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 super inside joke, and there's like three people out there that are laughing, and one of them is frankly me. Anyway, the box at the top of the search results says, the number of geocaches a player has found, FTF, first to find, an acronym written by geocachers in physical cache logbooks or online when logging cache finds to denote being the first to find a new geocache. Now, when you click through to the page, you'll find the geocaching.com glossary of terms, which is really ironic because geocaching.com still doesn't recognize first to find as an official statistic, not that I'm bitter or anything. What was I saying? Oh, right. So you get to the glossary of terms, and the text that I just read is actually highlighted on the page, which is super cool. Reason being is because sometimes you'll actually click through to the page to read the full results, and the highlighting gives you the answer you're looking for and puts it in context with the rest of the article that you're reading. It's a really smart thing to do, and I thank Google for doing it. I just wish it would do this for all search results and actually tell you on the other results pages why in God's name it thought this page was relevant to your search. I guess we're not there yet, or Google just doesn't want to fess up. It has been a big week for SpaceX, as that launch that got scrubbed last week did indeed go off without a hitch over the weekend, as we said it might. Or maybe it went off with a hitch, because the capsule did indeed hitch up to the ISS and deliver its two astronaut occupants to their new temporary home. There were several firsts in that mission, including first crewed launch of a SpaceX rocket, first time U.S. astronauts flew from U.S. soil in almost a decade... And there are probably a few other firsts in there that I'm missing. You can watch the whole launch and docking on YouTube, so be sure to check that as well. In the meantime, 60 more Starlink satellites went up, one of which is bearing the new sunshade that we talked about a few episodes back. That brings a total number of Starlink satellites to 482, so this is kind of starting to get real, people. SpaceX is spending all those sweet, sweet NASA bucks they've been collecting. Will we ever get high-speed internet from space? It's looking more and more likely. Of course, you know, high speed is entirely subjective. Meanwhile, Elon Musk tweeted on June 1st that he would be off Twitter for a while, and true to his word, he hasn't tweeted anything. 
Of course, he retweeted a bunch of stuff from SpaceX and NASA. And Elon, I'm not sure you really understand what off Twitter means, but you do you. Elon, very much like our commander-in-chief, often likes to tweet first and think later. So this will come as welcome relief to anyone who has a public-facing role at Tesla, SpaceX, The Boring Company, or any other Elon property. And Lord knows the legal department partied hardy when it saw that tweet. We'll just have to see how long that blackout remains. Turns out not that long, because on June 4th, Musk tweeted that Amazon should be broken up. The reason? An author tried to publish a book that was rejected by Amazon Publishing. The book downplayed the risks of COVID-19, and as we remember from a few weeks ago, Elon has some feelings about COVID and the lack of people making his cars that it causes. Amazon reported that the book was rejected in error and that it will be published soon so other conspiracy theorists can all rejoice. Meanwhile, Musk said he was leaving Twitter, then he retweeted at least one thing every day, and now he's tweeting again. I hope you enjoyed the vacation, legal department. Back to work tomorrow. We learned this week that damn the torpedoes and full speed ahead, CES is planning on putting on an in-person event next January, aka the absolute worst time of year to shove 200,000 people all into one room. If coronavirus makes a resurgence this fall, and pretty much everyone expects it to, we'll be at the height of the season right around the time that CES will be going on. But CTA says they're going for it, and God bless them. They will dedicate more floor space to walking paths and try to keep people social distancing, and having walked through the crowd at CES, yeah, good luck with that. I might not be going, but I will be registered. Whether or not I'm actually going remains to be seen. I'll make my decision like everyone else will when it actually draws near. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to go. I'd love CES, even if I absolutely detest Las Vegas. But honestly, putting my health and my family's health at risk isn't something I'm really eager to do. But I am stubborn, so there's a decent chance I'll still go. I just can't be sure. You'll know when I know, that's for sure. And if I do go, you can probably expect daily podcasts from me. Whether or not that's good news or not is up to you. And speaking of CES, back at CES, and you remember CES, guys? It was just a couple months ago. Boy, that was a long time ago. Anyway, TCL announced a new line of headphones to go along with their new line of smartphones. The oddly spelled Social, Active, and Metro headphones are all rolling out this month at Amazon. The price points are pretty compelling for these devices. The Social 500 True Wireless Earbuds for $80 and the Metro Bluetooth On-Ear Wireless Headphones for $40. Also this week, we saw Metro Wireless Earbuds for $80 and later this month, you'll see Active Earbuds and more Social earbuds. I've had limited experience with TCL sound products, to be honest, but I did grab a set of their wired earbuds from CES 2019, and they are my go-to wired earbuds, which is admittedly several tiers down from my go-to Bluetooth headphones, go-to wired Bluetooth headphones, go-to wireless earbuds, and then finally go-to wired earbuds. But just as the fact that they're wired earbuds and they've lasted a year and a half in my ears says something. Links to all the new headphones this week in the show notes. Be sure to check them out. And finally, this isn't really tech, except somehow this came up on my Google feed. A band called At The Movies formed during the COVID quarantine, and what they do is perform covers of popular songs from movies, like Power of Love from Back to the Future and Maniac from Flashdance, and most recently, The Heat Is On from Beverly Hills Cop, and boy, do I have some movies to watch now. Plus, they're a little bit 
hard rock and metal, so I kind of dig them. I have no idea why Google thought I might like them, but I did, so I subscribed and well played Google. There's a link in the show notes if you want to check them out for yourself and subscribe if you're similarly inclined. Hey everybody, this podcast is being sponsored by Podcorn, which is a marketplace where podcasters can connect with sponsorship opportunities such as host-read ads like what I'm doing right now, topical discussions because people like it when you're topical, or interview segments. And the cool part is they welcome all podcasts, great and small. If you have a podcast, you should be visiting podcorn.com like every day. There are a ton of opportunities there, and if I'm not being too meta, this host read is one of them. I'm genuinely excited about this service, though, because monetization is hard, and Podcorn just lays it all out for you. So while I thank the for sponsoring the show i also thank them for existing because it's a great service and you should definitely check it out there's a link in the show notes and on benefitofadow.com but it's very simply podcorn.com that's p-o-d-c-o-r-n.com once again that's podcorn.com and i thank them for sponsoring this episode I gotta level with y'all here, folks. This week has been a very trying week for the United States. And putting into perspective our political situation, you can imagine how bad things must be for me to call this a trying week. Anyway, if I'm totally honest here, our next guest has been on the calendar for this week for about a month now, and the fact that he's an African-American creator appearing on my show is kind of a coincidence, but it's also fitting because this is a time when we should be supporting our African-American brothers and sisters, and if I can help promote a fellow creator, that's just a bonus. And the fact is, I really love how he does his creating. It's super unique and super fun, as you're about to hear. So without further ado, our next entry into the reviewer's notebook, Allow me to introduce you to Devin, also known as CKID. Our next guest on the Benefit of a Doubt podcast has been a creator since 2016. His YouTube channel has just a hair under 30,000 subscribers as we record this, and he covers technology, but he does it in a fun, unusual way by um, <clears throat> spitting some sick rhymes and God damn it, I am white. But anyway, his channel covers a wide range of tech from phones to audio to self-driving cars, which is, by the way, how he first came to my attention. And you might be thinking that this guy is a natural fit for this podcast, and you're absolutely right, which is why he is here. C-Kid Tech, a.k.a. Devin, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Well, you're very welcome, and um, you're you're actually a creator that I wanted to talk to for some time now. I first came across you when I was watching one of your uh, Waymo videos from when you went to Phoenix and you were driving around in a self-driving car, and I, I know I came across you. I don't remember the exact path, but I went down a YouTube rabbit hole. And I was watching a bunch of creators that were all down in Phoenix along with you. And so I'd be like, oh, I'll watch some of his videos now. And oh, he's here. I'll watch some of his videos. And then I came across yours and I'm like, this is some cool shit. Let's do this. All right. <laughs> so um, so for those of you who are not familiar with C-Kid, uh, he does technology reviews and videos, but he starts off most of his videos by rapping about the technology that he is about to review and he that he's about to show us. And I just thought that was such an awesome spin on the typical 
this is a device. I am going to take it out of the box now. And, you know, it's just, it's really cool. And the cinematography is top notch. And so I just wanted to bring you on here, Devin, and just chat about how you do what you do. Uh, yeah. Uh, so first off, appreciate the great intro, by the way. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, my content is, it's more so centered around, uh, bringing my element of something that I've always wanted to bring to, uh, the YouTube platform, um, Mm -hmm. that I felt like was missing. And that's not like a, I never say that in, like I guess the terms of it being like disrespectful to other creators because I do know the you know the level of you know the level of time and the level of difficulty of what goes into creating a video but for me it was like I sat back before I actually got on YouTube and I just really kind of studied like my niche like I watched a lot of people that you know a lot of other tech people out there tech lovers out there watch like your your Marcus Brownleys your your average consumer uh your Lou from Unbox so I watched a lot of those guys Jonathan Morrison and all of those guys and um I saw myself wanting to do that because I knew one I love tech and one I was like okay I want this to be something where you know I can do it long time it can be sustainable and that type of thing like that but I I also wanted to make sure that I wasn't copying those guys as well and i wanted Mm -hmm. to make sure that there was a way that i can do that content while being myself and one thing about me is i love music and so this is kind of how this all came about and my love for music is deep like i really really have a love for music and then i also have that same deep love for tech so i wanted to find a way to be able to blend those worlds and i didn't want to create two separate channels so i said well why not (laughs) why not just still talk about tech in the way that I want to do it, but why not rap about that same tech product as well? And that could also be that way of separating myself at the same time of doing something that I love, um, which is super important uh, for burnout reasons. (laughs) Um, And uh, But yeah, and that's pretty much just kind of how it came about. And I've just kind of been doing it ever since. That's awesome. I mean, it's re- it's really cool. And I, in a former life, I was a musician myself. I'll admit that rap is not my kind of music. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm more of a Anthrax, Metallica kind of guy. So okay, I got you. But but I mean, you know, hey, to each his own. And if I could write metal songs about uh, about technology, I definitely would. <laughs> because, <laughs> but I mean, like, man, that's. That's that would just be a whole different level of uh, a level of crazy, which you are tackling head on, which I really, really love about that. So you are from you come from East St. Louis, the East St. Louis area, which is actually in Illinois. So shout out to Illinois. When I was reading about you, one one interview that I came across mentioned that um, and this is a direct quote from the article. It says, uh, Devin spoke of challenging the, quote, sports are the only way out narrative in his hometown of East St. Louis, showing the, quote, youth of the inner city that you can do other things outside of sports to become successful in life. Now, the interview never actually addressed that <laughs> beyond that one point. So I was, I was hoping maybe we could write that wrong and kind of talk about that a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. That is... Um Actually, the reason why I actually started YouTube, or one of the reasons. So, obviously, mm-hmm. one is being influenced by uh, some of the other creators that I just mentioned uh, earlier. But one of the main reasons is kind of writing or rewriting that narrative of, you know, 
you that the only way that you can actually quote unquote make it out and what i mean by the term of making it out basically meaning being successful the only way mm-hmm. that you can be successful um in coming from and coming from an environment where i come from which is uh kind of low poverty uh area and um a lot of times within that city or within my my hometown city it's always preached that playing sports, oh, you can play sports, you get the scholarship, you go pro, and that is your mm-hmm. ticket, and that is your way out. So right. m- me growing up, um, and you know, I'm, a, I'm the youngest of four, I'm the youngest of five, actually, and okay. um, the thing about it is, is my parents never raised me to be that guy of, hey, you play sports, get the scholarship, you go pro, you make it out. My parents was big on education. And for me, you know, it just kind of one of those things where I didn't want that to be my story. I didn't want that to be my narrative. However, I was the football star in high school. I also went to college and played football as well. So I understand that background because I still have a love for sports. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to I don't want to put that out there. But um, I wanted something that I can create. To whereas I can actually show kids in my neighborhood or where I come from in that city, as well as other inner city kids, that you can actually be in IT. You can actually, you know, you can be a painter. You can be whatever you want to be, or you can be on YouTube. You can create videos, whatever you want to be. It doesn't have to just be sports. And I feel like sometimes within the city where I come from, that narrative is is pushed so heavily. And mm-hmm. my goal is actually to rewrite that that narrative. And so one of my my biggest goals of what I'm actually striving for, um, and I've talked to other creators about this um, that is kind of aware of this plan when it when it all happens, is I want to actually create my own conference. And this conf- conference will actually be hosted in St. Louis. And um, I want to be able to invite, you know, a lot of my tech creative friends, but I also want to invite a lot of kids from the inner city schools and introduce them to an entirely new world that they may not be aware of. And um, the reason being is because for me, um, my parents was fortunate enough to, you know, they worked hard to be able to send me to private school. And uh, so I was able to be able to experience a lot of things that I know a lot of people within my inner city, they don't get to experience. And so for me, I felt like a lot of my success, obviously I owed it my parents, but a lot of my success today also comes from uh, experience. Being able to see different things and that exposure was mm-hmm. huge. And so one of the things that I want to do as far as giving that back to inner city kids is to give them that exposure of, hey, you can be on YouTube. Hey, you can be a creator. You can create videos for brands and different things like this. And sports doesn't have to be that only way. Right. We live in such an amazing time right now where you can be a YouTuber or a podcaster and actually make a decent living off of it. And it's uh, that's that's a message that I think really needs to get out. And, you know, I know I know kids of all ages are, you know, are really grasping onto this. But I mean, like the more creation that we can get, the more we bring this into a community, I think I, I think everybody's better off for it. So that's uh, that's really an amazing uh that's an amazing message to send. And hey, if you, if you ever set up that conference, you know, sign me up. I'm there. I so appreciate that would it. be that would be uh, that would be pretty cool. 
So this is the reviewer's notebook. So I want to start to delve into your process just a little bit. Um, let's say you get a new piece of technology and you cover all different types of technology. It's not just phones or headphones or anything. You know, you cover a lot of different things. So when you get a new piece of technology on your desk, where do you usually start with it? Like, what do you, what, how do you begin the journey of the, of the review process? Um, so for me, um, I want to get to the product as soon as possible because my love again for tech is so deep that I can't wait to open it. Like I hate having products just sitting around and I haven't opened them yet. So mm -hmm. my very first thing I do is I actually get the shots of me taking it out of the box and I may or may not actually use that footage, but I want to make sure I at least have it. Um, sure. and then from there, I just open the box up and I start using it. And started doing my, basically start conducting my research on that product first. Then from that, once I've kind of have a general grasp of information about that product, the next thing that I like to do is go into the music side of things. So once I kind of write my quick notes on like, here are the features, um, here's some of the, you know, the aesthetics of the product and different things like that. And all of kind of the spec information, I have all of that listed. And then from there, I go to... Um, a software that I use to be able to get beats and different things from. Okay. And from there, I start writing my music and um, I start putting the videos together. And But I like telling a story with the product that kind of leads into the opening of it, talking about some of the features and just kind of like a high level. And then from there, I go into the actual video itself. Um, I don't script my videos. However, I will have like bullet points that I want to make sure I hit on. So that way I'm sure. making sure I don't miss anything. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the, the process. And then I edit it up and uh, get it out there on the channel. You mentioned how you like to tell stories uh, when, you're, when you're doing reviews. What kind of stories are you looking for? Because like some folks that I'll talk to say they want to know who the device is for. Some others want to know like what the company is promising and whether the tech lives up to that. Where do you, where, what's the story that you generally look for? Uh, for me, the story that I kind of like to tell, like is as far as within the rap in itself. Now the mm -hmm. product review is, is different, but when it okay. comes to actually the rap portion of it itself, I like kind of telling the story of like, for example, I did one where uh, I think I was talking about, I think it may might've been the Sennheisers. And uh, I literally talked about the process of me going to Best Buy. I got them, finally got them in-house. I unboxed them, showed kind of here's everything that's in it, and then kind of gr like gradually went into like, okay, well, here's the setup, here's the features, here's this, here's that, and then just kind of go into the video. But I like telling the story of, hey, I went to Best Buy, I got it, got it in-house, opened up the box, here's this, here's everything, and kind of going from there. So I like more so telling that story versus mm -hmm. like anything else. So now I, I know like many creators, you have a day job. Um, I'm just wondering, like, how do you work in the creation around that nine to five type? I mean, so like, how do you, how do you generally work around the day job when it comes to being a creator like how many how many lunch breaks have you uh have you sat there <laughs> scribbling down lyrics like how does that how do, how do the two generally um interact with each other um it's actually funny because honestly it's a grind i'll be honest uh it's a mm -hmm. real true grind and i think a lot of people don't really know the level of grind that really goes behind it so for example kind of like my workflow i would say 
is um, so I may like go to work. Let's say I go to work on Monday, um, go through the whole work day. And let's say I come back home and I start filming my video that I want to have uh, filmed for that day. So the next day, come Tuesday, I'll have all of my files and everything with me. I take my laptop with me. I take um, kind of maybe take the product or anything or maybe the next product uh, that I maybe want to review and test out. So what I'll do is I'll spend my lunch period um, actually editing that video on my lunch break. And pretty much from there, uh, and let's say, for example, I may need to get additional shots. I'll actually use my lunch break. There's been times I've actually went down to the St. Louis Arch uh, Museum mm -hmm. area, and I've actually changed clothes from my work clothes into kind of like just regular street jeans and, and a T-shirt um, sure. just to get a certain shot. I've actually filmed portions of rap tech videos that I've done on my channel on my lunch break. Nice. How long do you usually evaluate a piece of tech before you are ready to make an assessment on, you know, on a review? Like when, how long do you need to use something until you have a real good idea as to like what you're ultimately going to say? Um, so for me, I like to do right out of the gate first impressions um, okay. that way, because I think that's important for people to kind of get your initial reaction when you actually are seeing the product for the first time, because I really love mm -hmm. capturing that moment on camera. Um, and then the kind of the next thing after that is I like to do maybe like a seven day or one week follow up okay. on some on certain products. And it's not necessarily a full review, but it's more so just kind of like a, hey, I've been using it for this amount of days. This is kind of what I'm thinking about it right now. And then possibly using it maybe for, I would say, certain products anywhere from three weeks to a full month. Um, okay then I'm able to kind of say like, okay, here's, I've been using it for a full month now. Here's my review on this. And then after that, I may come back with like a three month and then a six month, because I think for me, as of, if I was a viewer, those would be the most valuable videos to watch would be oh, those yeah. videos where, okay, he's been using it now for three months. He's been using it now for six months. How has it actually held up for him? And I think those have more value than any other videos that is done on the channel. Of the various kinds of technology that you review, what's your favorite genre of tech to do a review for? Um, honestly, if I had to pick one genre, I would have to say, I would probably have to say smart home. Uh, although I don't do a lot of smart home tech on my channel, but I mm -hmm. used to, when I, very, when I very first started my channel, I used to do a lot of smart home. I used to do a lot of Google Homes, um, the uh, Amazon Alexis. I used to do a whole lot of those types of videos because I really wanted mm -hmm. to show, like, showcase the power of what you can do. Because I used to do a lot of um, setting up with uh, IFTTT with IFT and different okay. things like that. And so I would have to say smart home for sure. Cool. Very nice. So, um, all right. Um, so let's talk a little bit about a little bit more nuts and bolts uh, type stuff. Like, what kind of gear are you shooting with these days? You're primarily video content. So, like, what kind of uh, what kind of video gear? What kind of microphones? What what are you using these days? Do you have like a a mobile rig, or how does that how does that work for you? Um. So yes. Yeah, so I actually have a I have I have a lot of gear. I would say. Um. So my primary camera is a Sony A7 III. Um, I shoot with a, um, it's a 28 millimeter. That's like my main focal length camera lens that I use for all of my video. Well, lately I've been using the 85 millimeter, but I have a 28 millimeter lens that I, I use for a lot of the top down shots and stuff like that. Okay. Um, that's pretty much used in the intros of my videos. 
Um, I also have an 85 millimeter lens that I use uh, for like thumbnails and different things like that, just because I really love the look of an 85 millimeter lens. It's no doubt okay. my favorite lens. Um, let's see, what else do I have? I have I have a Godox light, an SL60 light. That is my primary light that I use, my light source with a grid on it. So it allow it allows for light to be able to hit me directly, but not spill onto the background. So I can okay. keep like the darker background with my Philips Hue lighting that I have, and and really make that glow. Um, let's see, what else do I have? I Speaking have of a, smart home tech, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Love my Philips Hue. That's no doubt my favorite. Uh, nice. Let's say I have a. Manfrotto uh, tripod head. Okay. Um, so I use that for literally every single video. The microphone that I'm actually using right now for my audio. Um, now I actually record all of my rap text on this same microphone, which is a, um, uh, I forgot the actual name. It's a Shure SM7B. I don't know why okay. I forgot that name, but a <laughs> Shure SM7B. Love, love, love this microphone. Um, great for podcasts, great for doing my rap text on. Um, and then for my everyday lavalier mic that I use for all of my videos, I use a Sennheiser AVX microphone. It's a wireless lavalier system that is absolutely amazing. I love, nice. love, love that microphone. Um, very expensive microphone, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there will um, be links yeah. to all this gear in the show notes because, you know, daddy's got to make some money too. So anyway, <laughs> um, but, uh, all right, cool. Well, I think we're, I, I think I've, I've kept you actually a lot longer than I than I than I thought I was going to because this has been a great conversation. But um, I just want to go ahead and kind of wrap things up here a little bit, if we could. And you just started up a weekly series that uh, that I understand is going to be kind of a regular thing in your channel. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I actually just started my own uh, live stream show. Um, it's basically just called C Kid and C Squad. C Squad is the is the audience who watches my videos. They're kind of like my squad that I have uh, who represent the channel um, every every week. And so uh, every week on every Wednesday at seven o'clock, I do a live stream show where I just you know just I have my segments where we do trivia. Um, there's rap that's going to be on there. Um, there's also going to be stories that. Uh, talk about a lot of things that goes on behind the scenes that a lot of my audience and viewership they may not know about. And uh, there's a couple other surprises and stuff that's going to be happening on there. But uh, it's a really, really cool show. Very interactive. And uh, yeah, if you guys want to check it out, it's every Wednesday on my channel, uh, youtube.com slash Tech. And uh, come check it out. Actually, the very first episode is on the channel right now. You can see it if you go to the homepage on my page. So yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you very much, Mr. C-Kid. I appreciate you dropping in and chatting with us for a little bit about your process and about being a creator. Um, is, is there any advice that you wanted to pass on to anybody who might be thinking about starting up their own YouTube channel or creating in some way, even uh, someone who's thinking about being a musician? Any advice that you have for, uh, for them before we let you go? Uh, yeah. Uh, first off, Adam, thank you for having me on. I really do appreciate it. Um, but as far as advice, I would have to say is stick with it. Um, there's definitely going to be times where you get down. Um, literally, the rap portions the, that I do on my channel, that was a period where I was actually going to stop doing those. And I'm thankful that I didn't because it's literally has sealed my identity within this space. And um, I would just say stay consistent, stay with it, and um, don't give up. 
Nice. And actually, rap is literally the reason that we're talking right now. So (laughs) I'm personally glad that you didn't give it up because I honestly think there needs to be more of that. I mean, like just more of like, you know, typical creator stuff, but, you know, like with a musical twist to it. I just love that. Um, And so I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and I hope that we can have you on again sometime soon. Yeah, absolutely. Let me know anytime. So that's going to do it for this week's podcast. I'd like to thank Devin for coming onto the show and chatting about how he does his thing. Be sure to subscribe to his channel, link in the show notes, because it's awesome. And I'd also like to thank Cliff Thomas for all of his hard work. But most of all, I'd like to ask you to stay safe because there's a lot of stuff happening out there right now, people. And of course, I want to thank you for listening and for giving me the benefit of the doubt. Doubt.